on page Kuf Tzadikai. But what the Tzadik is explaining here, or we've been talking about the last few times, is how Yeris Shemaim, to be a person that is God-fearing, to have Yeris Shemaim, Yeris Shemaim requires a certain personality. I know it sounds strange because everybody has a different personality and we feel that we're born with a certain personality. And when we're, and it can't be that, that Hashem, that Hashem is expecting us to transform ourselves into different people in order to be God fearing that I have to be a different type of a person. Each and every one of us is created with a certain personality, more or less, that's what it is to 120. That personality. We're not entitled to do avayers. We're not, we're not supposed to be sinning. We're not, and, and we have the ability to do tremendous mitzvahs. But to change my personality, I can make adjustments. But when it comes to making like an overhaul, if you ever have a situation where boys going out with a girl, I just had this conversation with somebody where I, I'm talking to the girl. The boy's a lovely boy. Girls are very nice girl too. And she says that they've been going out for a while. And she said that that uh, I mean, I asked her what's what's going on. Like, what's the problem? Why aren't you going to the next level? So she said, well, you know, he's a terrific, terrific guy, and and he's he has the right hashkafos, and he's nice, and he's this, and he's firm, and he's sweet. And so, so what's wrong? So then she goes on to tell me that basically she can't stand his personality. <laughs> So I said, you know, what you, what you just told me is that you like everything about him except who he is. You like everything about, I said, you like everything about this guy, I just don't like him. I don't like who he is. So she said, well, I didn't mean it that way. I said, I, I didn't mean it that way, but you know, they say, well, you're wasting somebody's time. You, you're not telling me, if you told me that you don't like the way he has his hair parted, so I could talk to him about it, you know, maybe do this if you don't like the, 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 the you don't like the way if you, if you like him to be a little bit more polite and to open the door to, I could talk to the guy you know he's saying to me that he's from he's this he's that except his personality is uh, you know, it grates on me so what, what do you want me to tell him I mean what's he supposed to be a different person he's this is who he is more or less till 120 this is the person so we're, we're being confronted with an interesting thing here and it's a little bit upsetting for us what he's been telling us the last couple of the last couple of times we've been learning is that there is a certain personality that is more geared towards Yerashamayim and that personality is one of Edelkeit of more of a gentle nature sensitive even quiet and respectful personality that personality is more predisposed and geared towards towards your um, Shemaim towards feeling a sense of awe in, in the presence of God feeling that awe feeling that greatness and that and a person who is on the other hand very loud and overly confident and and in certain ways, chutzpahdik, um chutzif. It's much more work for a person like that 
to acquire the Midah of Yerushimai. That's what we've been talking about. And that, that for the Edel Chavah, that's good news. For the lost and Edel Chavah, that's bad news. So what are you telling me to do? You tell me that in order that I should be an Elohid, that I should be a God-fearing Jew, I have to like uh, change my personality, who I am. So we're going to talk about that. What does this mean? So we're still in the middle of uh, uh, of understanding this on page Kuf Tzadik Hay. Kayom, yeah? This, the, 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 the second paragraph. Kayom, B'nei Odom, Mitivam, Yecholim, Lamoid, Kemat, Liyad, Kol, Ben Odom. Nowadays, people naturally are able to stand next to other people. Oladaba, B'kol, Ram. And to talk out loud, others with other people nearby that don't want to hear what you have to say. That shouldn't even be hearing what you have to say. But people could talk not as if that person didn't exist. Well, with a certain kind of Reich of Leiv means uh, a certain type of conceit. Then there's something even worse than that. You have people that they can stand next to Gedali Yisrael. You can stand next to a big Talmachacham, next to a chash of a person, a big person. Lola Hagish Shum Busha Kishahim Adabim Echshem Reitzim Umahim Reitzim. You could be sitting with a Godel Yisrael, with a great Talmachacham, with a great Sadiq, with a great person, and you don't feel, the person doesn't feel the slightest embarrassment or shame saying that I want this, I need this, this is how I, I think it should be. Without the slightest, without the slightest uh, shame or embarrassment or hesitation. Ein shum nekuda shel hagoshes hatzarech listok liad anoshim rumamen. There isn't the, there isn't the slightest feeling that when I'm standing amongst greater people, people who are greater than me or older than me, that I should keep my mouth closed, that I should be quiet. Nowadays, that's that's wearing thin. That old-fashioned approach that when you're standing in front of an older person or a talmud chacham, something, even if it's not talmud chacham, it's an older person, a choshuk, that you that you hold your tongue. You, you you're either silent, or you wait till you're acknowledged, or you wait till you ask something. Nowadays, that would be a sign of of weakness that you're not. Uh, that you're a person that's not assertive. They use that word now very much, assertive. Like we were talking last week about interviewing for a interviewing for a position and not being assertive. That could be a big gum, a big blemish, a big problem. Not to be assertive. And how does one draw the line between being assertive? I remember somebody was telling me when he was preparing to go for an interview and there was somebody that was helping him get ready. And he said that when they ask you a certain kind of a thing then just say uh, then just sound and make it seem that you know a lot about that subject so he said but I don't know anything about that so the guy said I didn't ask you whether you know anything about that just give the impression that you know and talk with a certain kind of talk that you're confident in that even though the embassy says you don't know a thing about it and if you have to do that at work you'll probably cost other people money and time but that's not that's not important you have to be assertive so assertive is now more important than honesty, and certainly, as far as edelkeit is concerned, being a, being a gentle-natured person that's not an admirable trait, unless it's in a, you know sometimes in, in a wife that's considered to be an admirable trait. 
But in other people, it's usually looked at, looked upon as being a sign of uh, a lack of confidence or assertiveness and so on. So this is a problem. We're living in a culture that celebrates that celebrates assertiveness. That celebrates that slash chutzpah, as is pun, loudness, the ego. It celebrates that. It's that lifts it up to a higher place than it, it deserves. Which most of the time, the assertiveness very, very easily slips into just um, chutzpah, as is pun. So people don't feel. He says, There's no feeling that I have to be silent when I'm standing by people who are older than me and smarter than me. There's not a feeling I have to be quiet. I can express my opinion. We're missing in our generation very much. There's a lack of a sense of respect, of true respect that one should have. People who are who are older, who are smarter, and so on. There's no question that this changes this, it, 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 from one person to the next. I mean, it changes. But in general, the situation is not the way that it should be. The situation is not the way that it should be. You have you have uh, teachers who, and I'm sad to say that it's, it seems sometimes that the firm of the yeshiva the worst of the problem. An English teacher will walk in, a teacher even nowadays with with, with Rebbeim too, a substitute teacher walks into a classroom, and, and the chutzpah as a spanum kids have to talk to an older person. It, it's people people who have taught, especially substitutes, but not just substitutes will tell you. That unless you come in and you and you act like you like your general patent or something, and that and that these kids are gonna uh, 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 are gonna get slapped around the court martial, they're not gonna have any respect for you. We never heard of such things in a classroom of Jewish kids. I mean, people would say if you're working in a factory and you have schleppers, you have you have that chaver, you have to talk to them a certain way. Which even that is not true, and it's not and it's not it's not really the case. But the talk. In a, in, a, in a classroom that, Jew, that Jewish children should be spoken the way, but teachers feel helpless. Many teachers have told this to me that unless they talk, unless they tell, they scare the kids. I'm not talking about girls, I'm about boys. Unless they scare the boys, the boys are going to talk with such chutzpah as a spun. Whatever happened to the feeling that you're with older people? And and this also, by the way, you all know that there's much more about Ashkenaz and by the Svadish. The but the Svadish, there's much more of a Deracharis in general. For an older person, for a chacham, for a rav, there's more. Even if a person is not religious, his father has more of a sense of that, because he's not a product of Western civilization, Western culture, Western European culture is mechutzif. Where the svadim come from, by the Muslims, the Muslims, the Muslims also have big derecharets for older people, and they have big derecharets for their uh, their chachamim, whatever they call them, the imams, their their rabbanim, their rabbeim. They have they have covered their derecharets for them. And they were raised in a culture of their heritage. European culture, especially in America, it's a, it's a culture of chutzpah, as a spot. So to begin with, we're, we're growing up in, in a world of chutzpah, not in a world of gentleness and soft-spokenness and silence and listening and so on.
There's an overall sense of a lack of feeling of the exaltedness and the greatness of others. Kids will come home and they'll say something that happened in yeshiva and the, and the father will say, Oh, that Rebbe, forget it. I heard about him. Or that teacher, ah, she's... Don't worry about it, young. Don't worry. Listen, that, maybe you don't have to worry about that. Your, your macher of your mom has destroyed the child. Destroyed the child. Regardless of how you think about that teacher, you think about the school, you think... But the, the, that, that is a very commonplace thing nowadays, where it used to be, even when I was growing up, that there was no way that a teacher was ever wrong. Okay, it wasn't so easy, because t- yeah, we had teachers that were crazy people. You know, like, we always have, you can get stuck with crazy people, especially then we had mamish. Now you can get sometimes a normal teacher. We came out, we didn't have normal. It was uh, crazy people, crazy, sometimes violent people. But I didn't even think to tell my father there's something wrong with the teacher. Because it wasn't half of me that there's something wrong with the teacher. That means there's something wrong with me. And you keep your mouth closed and don't be mechutz. That's what my father would tell me if I said there's something wrong. I didn't even try with the Rebbe. Forget it. It's nothing to talk about. We suffered with some of these rebbeimok, sick people. But uh, even with an English teacher, I couldn't say to my father that, the, that there's something wrong with the teacher. I had to do it in a way that was very, very funny to be able to get that my father should. I should be able to talk to my father about a problem I was having in the class. And even then, at the end of it, my father said, "Well, you have to change. It's not happening." <laughs> It's, it's me, it wasn't the teacher There's no such thing but that, We understand that's an extreme and, and maybe there are problems with that as well but, but just to give a feeling For where that generation came from And therefore my father Any Adam Gadol, any Tzaddik Any Tzaddik, my father was like God It's not like so many people come back from shul And they say well, the rabbi is Joshua It was a four, it was a seven uh, I don't know. He's already been here for too long. We're going to have to negotiate his contract. You know, that's not how that's not how our parents and grandparents grew up. Maybe if you have American parents or grandparents, I don't know how it was over here back in the 40s and the 30s with those days. But in Europe, it wasn't like that at all. It wasn't like that at all. The, the Derek Harris was absolute. And this is the world we're growing up in. It's a chutzpahdikir world. And the effect that it has on us is so. It, it's it's so huge we don't even realize that the effect that it has and here we're talking about in Poshet the Yoshamayim that's why nowadays you see and he's going to talk about it in a few minutes Ahavas Hashem love of God and excitement of Yiddishkeit is much easier now to work on with people than Yoshamayim than being God fearing it's much easier because Ahava love is more of a gasadika feeling what does it mean gas? it doesn't necessarily require refinement Every every single Chaim Shmerl and Beryl in the street wants to be in love. But when it comes to having respect or and living a dignified life, that's very, very, very hard. There's a certain personality. So he says, This chutzpah, this lack of awe and respect in general in society creates in, in people a certain gases, a coarseness, a thickness, a coarseness, a chutzpah. A dogma, for instance. So he saved him the trouble of, using, of, of, of picking this example, from, uh, which I refer to very often. The dogma, the Talking in shul. 
He doesn't know about halacha over here. If you're interested in halacha, you can look it up in Shulchan Aruch. We're not talking about halacha. I think that people, unless somebody, they really doesn't know anything. The people that don't know anything are afraid to talk in shul. But but I think everybody that's everybody that's there knows that it's against halacha, right? So talking in shul. Again, look how interesting it is. By the svadim, to a much larger extent. Again, only my exposure to svadish shuls. Much, much, much less of a problem. In America, in some of the Sephardish shuls, that's become a problem with the young generation. It has become. Right? That's what students of mine have told me. Over the last 20 years, it's gotten, uh, it's gotten bad in many of the shuls, but that's because of the American acculturation that's taking place. But when I lived in Israel, I would go into a Sephardish shul we had near us. I would go for for mincha on Shabbos, and there was a, a Sephardish shul. There was never any talking. No such thing as talking. Chlalnat. It was a huge derech And even in America, 30 years ago, I, uh, in Queens, and there was a, now there a lot of start. I remember going in there, and it was such an obvious difference between how it was in Shul by us. It was like a circus. And then you go into the Svadim, still, quiet. Davin out loud, quiet. So, the Ashkenazim don't know that there's a halacha. Could be that the Svadi, the Svadi guy knew less that there was Allah. Could be. He didn't learn any Yeshiva, maybe. But how come he's quiet? And when you go to the Ashkenaz place, the Ashkenazim are, are, are calling across the, uh, the beamer that the Balkari has to stop for a minute to let the guy, you know, uh, have his conversation across the beamer. How come? No. The Burma based Aknesis, talking in Shul. Hashayla and Ludabe based Aknesis, Allah. Ainish al Seichel Vishal Higoyen Bilvad. Look carefully, listen to what he's saying. This question of talking in shul, he says, it's not just a matter of logic or seichel. It's not just a matter of seichel, of logic. So, in Yichel Hergish Pnimi, it has to do with not how much you know and whether you learn the halacha. It doesn't have to do with that. And it's not just a question of whether you understand even how serious an aver it is. How serious and avarid is the talking show? It's not. It's not just that either. It's not just that either. What is it? She says, "Zoinian shall hergish pnimi." It's a certain inner feeling, a certain sensitivity. We call it nowadays a sensitivity. You know, sometimes you'll be talk, you'll be with a person, you'll be acting a certain way. A lot of times, it'll be a husband and wife. You're saying something you shouldn't be saying. You're acting where you shouldn't be acting. And then the spouse, the wife will say, uh, will look like she's upset or annoyed with you. And you'll say, what's the matter? And her response will be, if I have to explain to you, that hurts me more than anything. So can you imagine like if a person's talking in shul, and you'd be able to see the Rabbani Shalom. And the Rabbani Shalom is making like a sour face. You're talking. And if the person would have to say, what is it, Hashem, what is it that you're upset about? So Hashem would say, if I have to explain to you, if I have to explain to you why I'm upset with you talking in shul, then it's already not kedai to talk to you about it. You understand? I have to explain it to you. It means I have to show you where it says that in Shulchan Aruch. And then you'll behave, you don't know what it says in Shulchan Aruch. Even if, even if it doesn't say in Shulchan Aruch, I have to explain it. There are things in life that a person has to feel. There are things in life that a person has to feel. It's a matter of sensitivity. And if it has to be explained to you, it's very sad. So when you shall hergish pnimi. That's why I always talk about this 
to the Chevra, I've mentioned this a thousand times. Of course, I'm talking to, to, the, always talking to the people who don't need to hear it, really. Although it's always important to Chazer. That when these places call me and, and they ask me, could you come and talk to our shul about the importance of being quiet and davening? I always feel like, what, man, I'm going to talk about that. To get up and give a shear on the subject of respect for tefillah. I say, I can't do that. I don't have it. So they say, why? What do you mean you can't do that? I've heard that, that that's a big thing by you. Not to talk in, in shul and that it's quiet. I said, I, I can't come for people that I don't know and give them a, a lecture. I, I tell them they don't... Because they already know these things, these chazals. And, but the, your, your rabbi doesn't stand up to the whole davening. Sha, sha, sha. And the, we're going to stop the davening. We're going to stop them throwing this one out and asking the usher to talk to this one. So it's not about... So you want to shear on the subject of quiet during davening? So you want I could get up and give a shear to the men about how being of how to be kind to their wives. You can give a shear on the subject, just like you can give a shear on being quiet in shul. But it's chaval that you have to talk that way to adults. You know what I'm saying? And it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It could work when you. It could work if you're with people all year long and you try to develop sensitivities. The sensitivity you could develop sensitivities, but that's not a, that's not to get up in a strange place and give a shear for an hour on, on, on being being like nice to your wives' day. And, and not talking in shul Not talking in shul It's a hergish pnimi You understand what that means? An inner feeling It's a sensitivity If you don't have it A shia is not going to change it If you do have it, you don't need a shia It can change But it takes work and it takes time And it takes somebody that's in the shul Among people who are there Not to have a guest lecture It's like a substitute teacher never to come in and to give some kind of shmuz about not talking and davening. If the rabbi, if this guest lecturer would know how interesting our discussions are, he would also he would also participate in our discussions. You talk to strangers about these things. They don't hear it at all. There's a hergish pnimi. There's an inner feeling that a person has. What's the hergish pnimi? Listen to what I'm saying to you, because I'm saying this to each and every one of you, that that from a place inside of me that, that I can't find a deeper place, but I'm sure that you could hear it. Just to translate the words, Do you feel that what you're saying right now in shul, you're talking in shul, do you feel that that conforms to the honor of the place that you're sitting in? Because it's going, alright, we're going to be in shul We'll be in shul today, we'll be in shul tomorrow, Shabbos But the big test is of course Shabbos, right? During the day it's not But Shabbos So you're going to be, everybody here is going to be in shul on Shabbos Wherever your shul is, you're going to be in shul You're going to be in a, in a, in a Malcolm of Kedush You're going to be in an Orthodox shul on Shabbos It's a hergish plimi Do you feel that saying something, whatever it is Saying something to a person in shul, you feel that that fits with the cover, with the honor, and the respect that's due this place, which is a place where there's an Aron Kaidish, there's a Sefer Torah, there's Ashros Ashchina, there's Kedushas Basic Knesses. Do you feel that way? You have to ask yourself. We're not babies. It's not high school. You have to ask yourself. You can't just go on talking. I'm making believe that it's not that it's that everybody does it and it's okay. 
the hegish pnimi. So that's the big question. The question is, do you feel intuitively? Do you feel inside of you that talking this way in davening, that talking, do you feel that this is something that is right? Don't answer me with, where does it say? Or I've been to a lot of shuls where I see they, they don't make such a big deal about it. All of this deborma uh, for babies. I don't even, I'm, when people say these things to me, I don't even answer back. I just There's nothing to answer. You say, no, you're right. You don't talk to the person like that. But I'm talking to grown people. The grown-ups. Do you feel that that's appropriate? So it's a question. Do you feel respect? You're in a shul. Do you feel respect? So nowadays it's very hard. It's very hard. Again, I refer to my father who told me that there were people who talked... I asked my father many times, what was it like in shul? So my father said, no, they were chavu. And my father said, they walked out of shul to talk. It was, uh, there were those people, my father said, they were not respected. They weren't the respected people. But there were people that were, that, that were in the habit of talking. But they always walked out of shul. They walked out into the place on the outside. There was a shtibel and another. They didn't talk. In shul, there was even my father said the biggest oisvaf, the lowest person, didn't talk in shul. They would motion, motion to each other, and they would step out, but not in shul. My father said this was by the lowest person, lowest. I mean, he still was a people went to shul, but the, among those people, the lowest of the chaver wouldn't talk in shul. It's not nice to leave shul to go to Abishmuz, but you don't talk in front of an Aaron Kardish. You don't talk, they love, and you don't talk. Something you don't do. Because there's a feeling of distance between yourself. Distance distance meaning there's a sense of awe. There's no Kaidish. There's no Kaidish. Somebody just told me this morning, a mice that happened in Echisel. There's a fellow that came here to collect from Echisel. He was telling me he's dealing with kids. He's a very good guy. See, he's done with kids that have a lot of, you know, and you know, see, he said there was a, he told me it's a true thing and he knows for a fact it happened because he was working with the people, this kid in the family. There's a kid that had has a problem this issue with, with his rabbi. I don't know what's going on. But the kid actually got a goat from somebody. He got a goat. You know, it's not hard. He got a goat and he put the goat in the Aaron Kaidish. In the yeshiva, he put the goat in the Aaron Kaidish because he knew that that day they were giving one of the rebellion uh, uh, psicha, they, he knew, he got a heads up that he's giving him psicha because the rebbe, his wife was expecting they, 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 he was getting psicha that week. And he wanted that this rebbe should open up the Arkadish by Hebrew Sayarim and they'd be a goat. The kachal. And they threw him out. He told me they threw the kid right out of Yeshiva. And, and then the kid said something that was machutzif to, to that rebbe that. The Lashem was something like, you're a bigger Chaya than the one that I put in Tarun Kaidish. You're a bigger animal. You're wow. phony. You're a bigger animal than the one that I put in Tarun Kaidish. And don't tell me about a goat. You're, you, you're a bigger animal than the, than the goat. So right now the kid's on the, it's on the street, the drugs, and you know, the whole business. So he told me about this mice that happened itself. It was in the newspapers. Also, he said it shook up like uh, people in it. So. I don't know what part of the story. There's so many parts of that story that can shake you up. I mean, each each part of it, the goat, <laughs> that that, in an archaidish, akedekach. 
So or, you could focus on the lack of respect for an Aaron Kodesh, the lack of respect for a Talmud Chacham. You could also say, well, what brought a kid to such a crazy? What got him so crazy that he would put a goat in the Aaron Kodesh and, and say such a thing? You know, what got him to, you know, there are a lot of problems with this mice. It's a sad story. It's a sad story. It's funny, but it's it. Uh, but a person, a person, a person for whom being in shul is no different than being in a zoo. So what's the nafkimin if there's a safer Torah in the Kodesh? So there's not a goat in the Kodesh. It's not a The Torah will have a good time. If you imagine this Shabbos, maybe you could talk to your Shabbos or Gabi about it. The Torah comes in, if I hear so you and you open up and you see there a little, a little ketzel, a goat. It's hard to get in America. You get a cat or a dog. Can you imagine, God forbid? There would be an uproar in the shul. Who did this? Who did this? Who put a cat into the Aaron Kodesh? Who did such a... Where does it say that that's, a, that's such a bigger chutzpah than talking... And going for a kiddush club in the middle of Haftarah, walking away from the walking away from the from shul to go to, to have a drink. But if someone will put a cap in the Kodesh, it's all it's all baloney. It's an overall lack of respect because it comes with a hagish pnimi. Comes with a sensitivity. It's a certain sensitivity. That's not a matter of a lecture. Just like you can lecture to somebody to be sensitive to your wife. So how does a person feels a certain amount of derecheres to his wife? So it could be he needs to be polished a little bit because he's a, it could be he's a little bit of a rough guy and he's used to being you know in the street or at work and you got to polish him up a little bit. That's okay. Those are not the people that are getting divorced. You make everybody use a little bit of a polishing, but if he doesn't have a basic hergish of respect for his wife, then then what are you going to give him a class on 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 it? Give him a class. It's like you're giving a you're giving a class on, on on safe driving to a room that's filled with shikarim, the drunks, and they're sitting there, they're, they're they're drinking and they're looking at this movie about safe driving. What are you talking? Who are you talking to? This is you see, it's not just a question of being afraid of God. That's going to hold you back from talking in shul. It's not just a matter of, of whether you're a God-fearing person. How could you talk in shul if you're a God-fearing person? Because you can see a person that doesn't do Averis. He'll never be Michal Shabbos. He won't go do anything with a, with a woman or anything like that. He's a good guy. But he'll talk in shul. So it's not to say just he doesn't care about Averis. It's too simple. He does care. He doesn't do Averis. And yet he doesn't feel... He doesn't feel derecheres for the place that he's in. He doesn't feel a respect and a feeling of dignity for the for the for the place that he's in. It's a big problem. And this is after years of being in classrooms, you know, shooting spitballs and telling the teacher, you know, making all kinds of cracks uh, that bring the teacher to the verge of tears. And, and so then you come to school and you're the same, you're the same children. And not only that, but to make things more amazing. Is that those same guys that are sitting around in shul talking, they're the ones that are giving their kids all kinds of mishabarachs if they're not behaving in class, if they're not behaving in school. Whereas the big babies in shul are lecturing to the little babies at home. Well, the little kids oftentimes see the way their fathers act in shul. What kind of authority does a father like that have over a kid? The little kid sees how his father talks in shul, how his father acts. And then, and then the kid gets in trouble with the father because he was talking in class. He, he wasn't behaving in class when the father's sitting around the back of shul laughing with the guys, whatever, schmoozing. 
So what is the kid? What do you want from the kid? The kid, uh, the kid is raised in a house where there's no respect, and that's how he lives. So this is this is a hard thing to to to, to uh, admit if we're missing this quality, this hergish pnimi. And how do you get that? You have to work on that to develop a hergish, a sensitivity. The kudusu benefesh chashuva ma'oid la'ivet Hashem. This this nakuda, this point of what? Of respect, of respect, of a sense of awe for something that's bigger than you, that's greater than you, that's holier than you. This nakuda of respect. Is very important for any person who truly wants to serve God. To anybody who wants to be an Ayurveda this is a very important nakud. Ha'adinus hapnimis. This inner gentleness. A sensitivity and respect. Shemakarib in the kudis and nefeshapshuta. This comes from the nakudis and nefesh, from from the simplest level of the soul. In other words, the purest and simplest part inside each and every one of us, we're Jews. The purest and simple part of us knows and feels this sensitivity. It got messed up along the way. But it's a very simple thing that it used to be that the simplest Jew had no issue like this. That would look at this as being a funny discussion. The simplest Jew understood that. That this is an akudas hanefesh. This is a point of the soul that's very obvious. It's not complicated. It's not. There are many things in life that you have to work on. There are taivas, there are yitzharos. This is. This is not. This is not a hard thing to a person for a person to understand that. He echad me'advarim ha'yisaidim b'yoyser shaldim tzarech l'knaisam. And it's one of the most basic things that every single person has to acquire. That every person has to try to have. This is not, we're not talking about faking something or trying to adapt a, a, a certain kind of a way of behaving. It's not a, it's not a, it's something that you have to kind of, you have to acquire deep inside of yourself. It takes work. It's not a matter of acting or faking, it takes work. It's not easy. Something that's outside of yourself, it's not it's not so hard to get. You can go to the store and you buy it. This is not something you buy in the store. Sensitivity? You can buy that someplace. It's not it's not easy. It used to be obvious, and it still is obvious for, for many people, but for but for many it's not. For more, it's not. Zelo The author is saying here. I can't really properly or adequately express what I'm trying to say. I can't really express this. Because to such a degree is this really an issue of sensitivity the same way I said before that if you have to lecture somebody about being sensitive to his wife about being nice to his kids so it's already uh, you understand? So it's already no good. Again, there are people who are sensitive and they can still do insensitive things that they didn't have how that bothers you. I didn't know that that bothers you. I didn't understand that. 
So you could have a guy, please forgive me for using this example, you have a guy that'll sit at the Shabbos table, after he finishes, after he's the child, he closes his eyes, he leans back, and he lets out curlous of brokenness, and he lets out some noises from his mouth. And the wife doesn't say anything. Newly wet. He goes like this. Next parasha, next Shabbos. This, he's been doing this in Yeshiva his whole life. He's doing, he's making these sounds when he feels when he feels comfortable and happy with his Shabbos meal. He's making sounds. He thinks of anything. This like uh, this gives my wife nachas, you know. Gives my wife nachas that uh, here I am expressing my appreciation for the meal. This goes on, and, and three years later she she finally says to him, you know what? Here, you're such a chaza. He's very upset about that. I'm a chazer, I'm a pig. What, why am I chazer? She says, what are you silly like an animal, making sounds like an animal at the Shabbos table? You never told me it bothers you. So, that's something that could come from, that's that type of an insensitivity, that can come from years of poor uh, upbringing and being with the guys. And, and if the guy understands it, and she finally lets him know it shouldn't take that long, so then, you know, he'll be okay. If he's a sensitive, nice guy, she's told him, I don't like that, and please don't do that again. And he'll say, okay, I wish you'd have told me earlier, I'm sorry, I, I didn't have that it bothers you, and I won't do it again. Right? Say that, that's okay. Because that's an external thing. It's an external thing, so it's not hard. Say that. <coughs> But if a husband's way of talking to the wife is nasty or condescending, and he doesn't get it, that's already something else. It's not just a matter of an external behavior. External behavior, they can be modified, they can be helped. When it's a person whose whole nature is insensitivity and lack of respect, like the people that are hanging around in shul talking in shul, when that's the nature and the personality, then, it, then just to say that bothers me that you that you spoke to me that way he doesn't really get it he doesn't get it if you try to explain why that's insensitive or how you should think before you say anything he doesn't get it so this is hard he says it's even hard for me to express it's very hard for me to he says to express this to you the reader those of us who are living the safer it's very hard to express this What does it mean, a hergish pnimi? Hergish pnimi. If you don't have it, it's just it's a very hard thing. It's like I told you, like uh, I, I used once the marshal some months ago. The guy's going out on a date with the girl, and and uh, and they're sitting at the table, and the, and she notices there are a lot of pauses in the conversation. Oh, and then she discovers the what that he has a little earpiece in his ear. He's got some. He's got his mother. His mother's helping him along back from headquarters. The mother's saying, Tell her, uh, it's so good to see you today. She says, It's very good to see you today. <laughs> oh, she's so happy. Thank you, thank you. And then again, there's a pause. Tell her she looks very pretty in that outfit. It's a nice outfit. Yeah, uh, you look very pretty in that outfit. It's a nice outfit. All right, the second the girl catches on, it's ice shidduch in this thing. It's, it's not, this is a, what is this guy? This is a shidduch. This kind of guy is he's getting, he, he, he's, what is it? He's a linebacker on, on the Green Bay. You know, he's getting uh, from the guy from the bench, he's getting some signals. You have to tell a girl that you look nice. You have to tell a girl that 
that is, I'm glad to see you. So you, ha- you, have a, you have to have a, read the script. Like there's some absolutely idiotic book we have such a live. Years ago, Matasel, I know you know Matasel, Free Matasel got this book from some yeshiva they put out in English. I don't want to say the name because the people, the guy they wrote is a very nice guy. Because I met him at a shabbat book someplace. He's a very, very nice guy. I never slipped an idiotic book in my life. It's basically, <laughs> it, I thought first I thought it was I thought it was like Purim. You know, I, I thought it was like I thought it was like Sonnets. So I start to live, but then I saw that it was written. He meant it uh, as a serious book, and it's all like this stuff about uh, how to talk when you're on a date, how to talk. I, I, I thought it was Mamish Purim Torah, and then I realized he had things like that. That be careful not to tell her if you think that she's ugly. <laughs> and then he wrote like, "You're not so great looking yourself." Ha! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm giving one of the one of the. This was Mamish's sentence like this in the book. You don't look so great yourself. Ha ha! So don't tell the girl that she's that she doesn't look good. <laughs> Who is the audience that that's written for? If there is such an audience, again, we have to just we have to just cancel the program and start again. Now, it's, maybe there is an audience for that book, and maybe they're maybe they're sitting like you know afterwards the guys and they have a kavrusa, and so oh, 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 that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, your uncle, don't say she's ugly. I'm, I'm going to try. Let me write that down. He writes on his hand. So when he's on the date, he'll be able to look at his hand. Don't say she's ugly. And he's holding himself back. She's ugly. He's holding. <laughs> he's holding himself back. Don't say she's ugly. Chachmanis. I mean, I'm making late sonnets, but you understand. That's a very extreme example. But a hergish pnim, a hergish pnim, that a, a healthy, good-natured, kind person always had. I mean, nowadays you sometimes see, you sometimes see people who are learning more that they don't have it, and you can see somebody that never learned in his life, and it's a certain hergish. I can't talk much about this anymore because you're not allowed to criticize. You understand? You're not allowed to criticize because everything's perfect in our little world, as we all know. So we're not allowed to criticize because everybody's really nice because they all learn Torah and they have good midas and so on. But you and I know that you can meet somebody at work that, that, that never saw a base from an olive and has a hergish knimi for being a decent, dignified person. And it's a painful, it's a painful thing to, to, to see the contrast. I'm not saying that this person is good and this person is bad. Nothing about good and bad. I'm not saying good or bad. I'm saying a hergish pneum. A natural, healthy sensitivity. It's an inner feeling that the soul senses and feels. Chazal, the last paragraph. Chazal, the Meshicha. Chazal already told us what's going to look like at the end of time. Before Mashiach comes, it's going to be a very, very dark picture of how things are going to look before Mashiach comes. Chazal Oymrim Shabik for the Mashiach, Chachmas Soifram Tisrach, Virei Chait Imasu, Vahemes Tahinaderis. The wisdom of the sages, of the scribes, is going to smell, it's going to stink. Who knows? People are not going to appreciate it. People are going to not. People don't want to buy People magazine, you understand? They want to buy the Daily News. Chachmas Asayfim, a good book in philosophy, a good book in philosophy. I bet you that People magazine sells more than the philosophy books. I bet you. And I bet you that that, that the television shows that are filled with the, with the schmutz and the violence have more viewers than uh, the History Channel or whatever. 
some channel that's just seichel, right? I'm sure. I'm sure. Without checking any statistics, I'm sure that the, that the, that the history channel doesn't do as well as uh, as the Schmutz channel. Uh, there's no question. There's no question. These these are tapes. They used to have it in used to have this in the world. Cassettes. Right, when we were young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The red button. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> the Gemara says, The wisdom of the scribes is going to smell. People are not going to. People. They want to hear different kinds of news and different kinds of shows. Not, I'm not even talking about Tyra. Just Chachmas is not. People who are who are who are fearful of sin, people who are God fearing people, Yimasu, they'll be they'll be made fun of, they'll be laughed at, they'll be rejected and disgusted. People will be dis- Yimasu, people will consider them disgusted. You could have a guy that's up to every Aveyor, the rice and their bun in the book, and if he sees a Yeshiva Bacha whose shirt is out I look at the yeshiva bacha like, look at this, what? Look at this guy, like he's some, like the yeshiva bacha is like, well, let's say yeshiva bacha doesn't talk such fancy English, and this guy is a spiffy guy with his necktie all the way up to his gargle, you know, up to here, and he's got his hair greased back, and he and he and knows how to talk a certain way, and he's doing every aver in the book, and he doesn't know how to read the chumash rashi, and he'll look at the bacha who's got a stain on his shirt, whose tal's cotton's a little bit yellow, he'll look at the yeshiva bacha like. Yeah. I want my kid to be like that. No, I want your kid to be like you. To be like you. With this shining skin. You know how they have it. Sometimes they glow. But they put so much on their head, on their head, that it gets a little bit... That it drips down and their head starts to shine also. And they got the right tan and the right look and the right shine. But if it's Yeshiva Bacher? With the shirt out, or the glasses look a little bit, you know, you know or, or, or he's a little bit, you know, he, uh, as I get, he doesn't smell as, he, did, he, did, he didn't buy the latest product that on, on the shelf in the drugstore, he doesn't have the, the, the super duper arid triple this with the extra dosage of Mitchum, he didn't get. So, so, the, so the fancy guy, it smells good, who in Hashem's nose stinks. And the yeshiva bacher, who, who uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't get some deodorant, but the yeshiva bacher, the yeshiva bacher maybe is a little bit short on the deodorant because he can't maybe he, he didn't uh, you know get enough. He doesn't have the right brand. So the yeshiva bacher in shemayim could smell like paradise, like aneda in shemayim. But the spiffy guy stinks in shemayim. Stinks. Yerei chayti masu. The Gemara says that when Mashiach, before Mashiach comes. People who are God-fearing, who fear doing sins, are going to be disgusting in the eyes of other people. Guy learns a kailul, how much money does he make? How much money does he make? What kind of house does he have? He knows how to learn. He knows how to learn, but what's he doing with his... With his uh, he's smart, what's he doing with his... Uh, and if he's so smart, then how can he looks that way, and he acts that way, and he talks that way? Mashiach wants to be close to Mashiach is very close. Because, the, because when the Mashiach comes, there are going to be some of the spiffy people with the deep tans are going to be disappointed. Because Mashiach's not coming in in one of their cars. 
with his arm around some some uh, fancy girl with the latest shaitel and a little skirt and with the high-tech uh, dashboard. That's not how Mashiach is coming into the world. The spiffy guys are going to be very disappointed because Mashiach might also not use Mitchum. Oh, what's going to happen then? Not only the Chesidim and the Svadim are going to take you. Right? The fancy Ashkenazim are not going to No. Mashiach's motive. Mashiach doesn't come in so fancy. Yeah, and she hasn't come in on the rented thing from one of the one of the Lakewood cars, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> my, my son was simply told me such a story that the, that there was a, a mice it could be that it's apocryphal. But in Lakewood, you know, it's hard to know what is or what isn't over the years with the dating. They have they have their guy. You know, they rent cars to the guys because the guys have to drive a long way from Lakewood to get anywhere to go out. So there was a mice in Lakewood that simply told me that there was a guy who went out with a girl. So, they, so it's the same. guys are using these cars. They, they run down, you know, battered cars. They pay very little rent for the car to go out on a date. So he told me that there was a vice, that there was a, that there was a guy. The guy that used the car before, apparently proposed to the caller in the car that he said, "I need something from the glove compartment." And she opened the glove compartment, and, and there's a sign that came down and said, "Will you marry me?" That's sweet, right? That was a nice thing. So I, so I hope I hope she said yes, but what happened was that she never took the paper out from the car. So he said this guy's on a date, like the first he's with a, on the first date with this girl, and I guess she needed she wanted to see what's in there. I don't know. She opens up the glove compartment, and says, "Will you marry me?" And she starts to cough and get all flustered, and she doesn't know what to say. And she says, I, "I I barely know you, I barely know you." He says, so, so, "So what? What do you mean? What, what's the matter?" He says, "I don't know. You know, it's a little bit not nice. You, I, I, I just met you." And he says, that's a, that's a story that, that happened. When Mashiach's going to come in that car from Lakewood, just married, in the glove compartment, Mashiach's going to come in, in such a car. What's going to be with the people with their little handkerchiefs in the pocket? Oh, they don't give you a handkerchief. They don't give you a place for handkerchiefs in the Chassidish clothing. Well, you have Mastama in most jackets. The, the Gaisha clothing has a little place for a handkerchief, right? So what's going what's gonna to be? Mashiach doesn't have a handkerchief. Doesn't have, doesn't have uh, cufflinks. It's not going to say monogrammed on his shirt, Mashiach and David, and MBD. It's not going to be monogrammed on his. It's not going to be monogrammed on his shirt, MBD. He doesn't have a little a little uh, metal pin going across over here. Mashiach's going to come in like one of the chavim. Mashiach, unfettered and unbound by any of the narishkat that we picked up over the last thousands of years. Mashiach. And a lot of the others are going to be disappointed. They're going to say, couldn't be, couldn't be Mashiach. I never imagined he would come like that. I thought his talus cotton would be tucked in and would be white. Uh, talus cotton's out a little bit, and it's, I see a little bit not white on the talus cotton. I didn't think it would be like that. His payas are not rolled up. I knew he would have payas. <laughs> I knew that Mashiach would have payas, but I thought that it would be like neat. I think Mashiach comes in like, woo! <laughs> I thought it was going to be rolled up tight, you know, and the beard would be pinned up nice. I knew he was going to have a beard and pears. I just thought it would be nice. I thought it would be properly groomed. I'm very disappointed. Mashiach came in with his pears flying and the beards all over the place. The Gemara says that before Mashiach comes, I mean, we could talk and we can make jokes, but it's like Jeff said, Mashiach must be very close. It's true. It's uh, that, that we always thought when we heard this Gemara when we were kids. I always thought when I heard this Gemara, Yerei Chet Yimasu, that people who are God-fearing are going to be despised. I thought it was talking about by non-religious people. Or by Goyim. I never thought it meant by Fumid. I never thought that. 
But over the years, I, I, I see that's also possible. Does, does the Rebbe believe that probably from my age, uh, all the people that I've How seen, old are you? 25? <laughs> yeah. Rather, let's say, I mean, there were a lot of, I used to go out also, there were some fathers that would ask, like, it was a disgusting thing, Kylo. Do they, does the Rebbe believe that they really hate Kylo, or they no. just never, or never succeeded in learning, so that it's more of a misplaced thing? No, I don't hate, I think a lot of times, a lot of times it's not, it's, it's like many things that we hate, we just don't know. We don't know, and we feel uncomfortable about it, so people hate. What do people hate? A person sees sees a, a Jew, and, they, and, and, and you get something hateful from them. But they, why do you hate me? You don't know me. So the person that has that way of looking at Kailo, most of those people, they just don't know. They didn't really, either they didn't learn themselves enough, or they don't understand what it's about. They don't appreciate Tyre. If they, 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 they'll do tshuva when they realize that when they understand. You're not good. Batson. They don't know. Are there people that mamish are like that? That I don't believe that there are many people like that. I think that people just don't realize. They don't know. I think they don't realize. But that's that's a very sad thing. Truth will disappear before Mashiach comes. Truth, truth will be hard to hard to find. Truth. It'll be hard to find. Young people will embarrass and humiliate old people. And so on and so forth. This particular Nakuda, this last one, that a, that a young person can talk with, with chutzpah to an old person, or to embarrass an older person, or to talk with chutzpah, where does it come from? The nar, the kid, doesn't feel that there's any distance between him and the old person. I mean, he knows he's older, but he doesn't feel that the, I'm just as able to talk what I want as he is. He doesn't feel that this that the old person's on a higher place. Oh, I can talk to him the same way. He's not a bad kid. He's not trying to... He doesn't mean to, to hurt the old man. He's not a bad kid. But he talks like it's a friend. It's like it's an equal. And how do you talk to your friend? The old person is insulted. See, see, I can talk to you any differently than I talk to my friend, but how could you not talk to an old person differently than you talk to a friend? What's the matter with you? You say that to a kid nowadays, he thinks you're crazy. He'll talk to you with chutzpah. He'll tell you, be quiet, who are you? What do you think? Who are you? He's not trying to, to humiliate the old man. This feeling, this natural feeling that people had that an old person and a young person are two different worlds two different worlds that feeling is gone we're the same world he's older than me, that's all it's the same world this is a sensitivity that's buried deeply in a person's soul so it's not a matter of logic and explaining to the kid. I know he's older than me. If you don't have a natural feeling that there's a different way that you talk to a 70-year-old and a different way that you talk to a 20-year-old, if you don't feel that, that there's a different way to talk at home, a different way to talk in shul, there's a different way to talk in the street and a different way to talk at home, if you don't feel these things, you can't explain it. To convince the guy, this is what you have to do. 
This Nekudah must be by every Oivet Hashem, by a person who wants to serve God. Being a God-fearing person, having Yira, comes from a basic feeling of what? Of being able to make a distinction between what level I'm on and what level he's on. And it begins with the difference between being a kid and being an old person. Being a student, being a teacher. It comes from that. When you don't have the kalim, the utensils, for, for, for a basic feeling of fear and of respect, we're not talking about being afraid. We're talking about revering and respecting. It's very hard for that person who's lacking this sensitivity. It's very hard to come to a madrega of being a God-fearing person, a feeling, a, a real, honest reverence, and an honest sense of awe for God. The difference between you and the Creator. Therefore, we have to work on ourselves to be more gentle. Less coarse, more refined, more sensitive, more understanding. To take things in life more seriously, to show more respect towards people, towards things, to respect. Each according to the time, the place, and the level of that person that you're with, or even of another person's things or property, to have their hearts and to have respect. That's a sensitivity that is the beginning of this Avaidah, which we'll talk more about as a Shem. We'll continue the next time.